It's good to be here. I have appreciated the uh, hospitality of the staff and your pastor and uh, enjoyed the time. I grew up in Philadelphia. My wife was born and raised in Delaware County, right near the airport. And um, so I know where to get a good cheesesteak and uh, water ice or water ice, water ice. We've been we've been out of the area long enough where our accent has changed. And you do have an accent. It's uh, we went to a restaurant the other day, and the lady said, water, and I just loved, I, I hugged her. I gave her a kiss. I said, you say water like you're supposed to. In the Midwest, we call it water, and it uh, doesn't taste good out here, but uh, it, uh, you say it right. First Thessalonians chapter 4, I heard a, I heard a um, story of a lady, she was pregnant with twins, and um, she was in a car accident. She was almost ready to deliver these twins when she got into this car accident. And it was a bad accident. And she um, ended up in the hospital. And she was in a coma uh, for a good period of time. It was a sad story. While she was in that coma, though, she delivered these twins. One boy and one girl. Healthy uh, boy and girl. And uh, uh, she awoke out of that coma. And uh, obviously the first thing she asked the doctor and the nurses there, what, what happened to the babies? Are my babies still alive? And they said, we've got great news. Uh, you, uh, your babies are still, their babies made it through the crash and you delivered them while you're in this coma. And she said, where are they? And they said, well, your brother is taking care of the twins. And she said, not my brother, my, my, not my brother. The elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor on my brother. She, and she just went hysterical. Anybody have a brother like that? So you know what I'm going to say here. She said, not my brother, please don't. My brother is not raising my children, please. Uh, She said, uh, I I need to get to him. And uh, she said, what are their names? Who who named them? What are their names? And and the uh, doctor said, well, your brother named them. And she got hysterical even more after that. She said, there's no way you let my brother name my children. And she said... um, I don't, I don't want to know what are, what are their names. And um, the doctor said, well, the little girl, beautiful little girl, he, he named her Denise. And she stopped crying and she said, what a beautiful name. My brother <laughs> named her Denise. And she said, what a beautiful name. I can't wait to see. How about the, how about the boy? What did my brother name the boy? And he said, the nephew. <laughs> You'll get that. Niece to nephew. You know? I'll have to explain that one to your pastor later. Denise. The niece. The, never mind. Here we go. First Thessalonians chapter number four. <clears throat> and somebody's going to ask me after the service, is that a true story? So, you know, somebody's going to ask me that, that question. First Thessalonians chapter four. Aren't you thankful for the word of God? I am so uh, glad that we have God's holy word and we can trust it. We can believe in it. And um, let's look to it today for our help and our encouragement. First Thessalonians chapter number four and verse number one, the Bible says, furthermore, then we beseech you or we beg of you, we plead with you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound 
more and more. Let me read this again. Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and please God, so you would abound more and more. Father, would you help us today? Lord, we, we all come today needy. The needs are different. But our one we come to is the same. Lord, we come to you and we know that you can supply. We know that you can encourage. We know that you can strengthen. We know that your word is truth. And so, Spirit of God, I pray that as you have already through the music and through the fellowship, you've met with us. Your Spirit's amongst us. And, Lord, we pray that through the preaching of your word today that your Spirit would convict and challenge. Lord, that you would uh, point us Uh, the direction that you would have us to go. We rely upon you. We need you today. Lord, we can't live this life without your help. We can't do this without your Spirit's leading. And we acknowledge this today. And Lord, we um, just pray that you would work in our hearts today. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Paul says, as he's writing to this church, He's writing to a church in the beginning as he wrote to this church and he dealt with this church. He was telling them that Jesus Christ is going to come again. Aren't you glad that Jesus is going to come again soon? I believe with all of my heart it could be any day. I believe it could be at this moment. uh, uh, Nothing is keeping him from coming again. And so I'm excited that that's going to happen. And this church here is excited as well. So much so that when they heard that Jesus was coming again, they quit their jobs. They, they stopped living and, and they just anticipated and waiting and looked to the heavens because they literally thought when Paul said Jesus was coming again, they thought that meant like any moment, this, this moment. And they stopped everything they were doing so they could wait for Jesus to come. And Paul had to instruct them Paul had to give them some further instruction that says, yes, live our lives in such a way that Jesus could come at any moment, but, but we also have to occupy till he comes. We have to live. We have to give the gospel out. We've got families, and, and, and so you've got jobs you have to work. And so he gave them further instruction. And Paul says to these uh, Christians, and we know they're Christians, in verse number one, he calls them brethren. He says, I've told you how you should walk. I've told you what's pleasing to God. I've told you how a Christian, I've taught you how a Christian ought to live and how a Christian ought to uh, 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 live in relation with God. And he spent time with the church teaching them what is pleasing to God. Now, I know that this church is a church that has for decades been under good, solid preaching. I know this church knows the Word of God and hears each week the Word of God preached. And I believe this, that you then could be told, as this church was told, as Paul said, you know what the Bible says. You know how you ought to live. You know what's pleasing to God. And he says this, therefore, we're asking you to abound in that. Look with me again. He says, so ye would abound more and more. That was Paul's desire for the Christian. And I know that ought to be the desire for each and every one of us today, that we would abound more and more in our relationship with Christ, abound more and more in our walk with Christ. And that word abound means this. It means to increase, to grow, to increase. 
Every single believer here ought to be growing in their relationship with Christ. Every Christian, the moment you got saved, there's a, a lady over here that, that received that Bible and that gift and that, that uh, uh, paper here this morning. And what that was saying is this, for the last year, she's growing, she's abounding, she's, she's learning more about the Word of God. And there's nothing more joyful that a Christian has in their life when they're growing in a relationship with Christ. Well, you take a new believer, isn't it exciting to get around a new believer? They're excited about what they've learned. They can't wait to grow. Well, listen, I don't believe that just new believers ought to be excited about the Word of God, ought to be excited about their walk in Christ. I think every single Christian, and that's what Paul is saying here, every single one of you here ought to be abounding more and more in your walk with Christ. Now, if you've sat under the preaching of the gospel... The fact is this, you should be increasing in your faith. If you've sat under the preaching of the gospel, you should be increasing in your faith. The word of God ought to be moving inside of you. The Holy Spirit uh, uh, leading you in the response to that ought to be that we are increasing. We're abounding in our faith. We ought to be abounding or increasing in the knowledge of God. There's, there's situations that God allows in our life. There's circumstances that happen in our life. And God allows those to happen so that we understand Him even greater. How many of you love problems? Someone said amen. I like, this is an amen in church. Say even amen when I say, how many of you like problems? Amen. Praise the Lord. How many of you got up today and said, Lord, give me problems today? No, we, we don't like problems, but you know what the reality is? is we learn, if, we, if, if, if we'll be patient and we'll trust God, we'll even learn things about God in the midst of our problems. Every Christian ought to be growing in their knowledge of God. Every Christian ought to be increasing in their love for truth. You know, that means that every Christian ought to desire, I want more of God's Word. Every day, I want to get into God's Word. I don't want to live life for a moment where I'm not increasing in my love for the Word of God, in my knowledge of God. In love of the brethren, every Christian ought to be increasing in the love of their brethren. I like, a, I like a church that loves, don't you? I mean, where, where else do you get that from? Where else do you go? I was sitting in the room over here, and I, I heard laughter, and I heard people talking, and, and uh, uh, I was excited to come out and to see what all the commotion was. It was just Christians fellowshipping. Well, I like it when Christians sing and encourage each other. I like it when, when, when I live in the, in the Midwest, but right outside of Michigan, just, just south of Michigan, and, and uh, they're not as friendly, not as friendly. When I pastored down south, we, um, we shook hands, and, and I'd go home, and my wife would literally have to clean off ladies' makeup from my shoulder. I mean, I hugged every, every elderly lady in the church, and we, we, uh, we enjoyed their company together. Church ought to be a place where people come and find love, find encouragement, find help. The longer you're under the preaching of God's word, the more you ought to love the brethren and the more we ought to love God. We live in a society today 
they have no desire for the things of God. How many of you have watched the news this past week? My, oh my. Discouraging. The things of God don't matter. But when we that are Christians come under the preaching of God, you know what matters? The things of God. The Word of God. You should be growing in giving and exceeding, abounding more and more. Every, every believer ought to be giving of themselves and giving of their talents and giving of their finances. What a wonderful thing it is to know that this church is going to give more to world missions than it, than it has in any year previous. What a wonderful thing that is. You know what that says? The church is abounding and growing in the things of God. What a wonderful thing that is. I want you to turn with me to Ephesians, if you would please. Ephesians chapter 4. The book of Ephesians, just a few pages over Ephesians 4. We'll begin reading in verse number 11. The Bible says this, and, some, uh, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. You see why he's given talents and gifts. He's called you, he's equipped you so that the saints are perfected, so the, the, the body of Christ is edified. He said, till we all come in unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. You know what he's saying? He's saying here as believers, you've got to be growing, you've got to be abounding, you've got to be increasing so that the things of this world, so that you're not tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine. You're not so easily persuaded uh, away from the word of God, away from truth, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. In verse number 15, but, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. All of this that you've been, been uh, uh, receiving, all, the, all the, the preaching you've heard, all the instruction you've heard, all the Word of God that you've dived into, all the times that you've opened up the Word of God and learned and increased and abounded, all of that you've been receiving is so that you use it for the sake of the Gospel. Everything you get, it's so that you can give. Everything that God's blessed you with is so that someone else can receive a blessing. The church exists so that the believer comes and gets encouraged and gets strengthened and abounds so they can go out into a lost and dying world. And that lost and dying world can have that same truth that we celebrate today. Jesus Christ, the gospel. And so my question this morning, my question this morning would be this. How are you growing? How are you growing? Or, or are you growing? How are you growing? Are you growing? Proverbs chapter 4, don't turn there, I'll get there quick and read this verse. You write it down and go back and visit this later. Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 18 says, but the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. 
The, the, the path of the just is as a shining light. You know what you and I are? We are a shining light. And we ought to be shining more and more until the day of the Lord comes. We ought to be increasing more and more. We ought to be doing more and more. There's something that God has for you today and it's not to sit back and watch it happen. He's gifted you with something so that you'll take that and go out and abound and do more for the Gospel's sake than you've ever done before. Are you growing? Do you have the love of God growing in you this morning? Do you have the love of God growing? Do you have the knowledge of God growing in you this morning? Are you growing? Is there an ever-increasing walk with God? Listen, we live in a day, and I don't know, I don't, outside of your pastor and then meeting your staff these last couple days, I, I don't know if there's anyone in this church that I do know. But I do know this, that the church as a whole, today's culture, and today's world, is not going the right direction. I just read just recently that 10 to 12 million Christians, born-again Christians, Bible-believing Christians, have quit church in the last four to five years. In this country, 2,000 church buildings, 2,000 churches close their doors annually. Are you growing? Are you growing in your knowledge of God? Are you growing in your labor for the Lord? Is there an ever-increasing walk with God? Do you have a burden, a desire? I want to walk with God. I tell you the thing that I've missed the most. I, I, uh, I couldn't wait to get here. Land flowing with cheesesteaks and soft pretzels. I love this place. <laughs> I love it. But as soon as I got here, I began to miss someone. And if you were to look at my phone, you'd see text messages and phone calls a lot over the last several days because there's someone that I love. I couldn't wait. The first thing I did when I woke up this morning as I called, I wanted to hear her voice. The last thing I did before I went to sleep last night was my wife called me and I heard her voice. I love to hear how she's doing. I, I, I really, I, I want to fall in love with her more every day. And I do. I remember when we first got married, we got married over in Philadelphia. We were, I was serving as a, as a church over there, and we got married in the Southside Baptist Church. Anybody know Southside Baptist Church? Sal Yanizzi, anybody know him? He married us, yeah. I remember standing at that altar. He said, you may now kiss the bride. I pulled a mint out of my pocket. I popped it in her mouth, and I <laughs> kissed her. I kissed her. And I remember thinking, wow, this is the best thing. I'm telling you, kissing her 20 years later is even better. I love her more. I didn't even realize I could love her more than I loved her that moment. But because we've spent time together, 
Because we've laughed together, we've cried together. She shared her heart and I've shared my heart because our relationship has grown. You know what has happened? I love her more now than I've ever loved her before. And that's what God wants from us. Oh, the day he saved us. I remember the day that he saved us, uh, uh, picked me up out of a, a miry clit and, clit, uh, 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 and set my feet on a, a solid rock and, 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 and gave me a eternal life and saved my soul. What a wonderful day that is and praise God for it. But you know, I love him even more now than I loved him then. That's what he wants for us. How are you growing? There's no place in Scripture... There's no place in Scripture that allows us as brethren and sisters in Christ, no place in Scripture that allows a child of God laziness, slothfulness, or stunted growth. There's no excuse. There's a Savior that loved us, that gave His life for us. There's work that has to be done. There's no time to be slothful in the work of God. Job says this, I paraphrase, that the righteous shall hold on to his ways and he that hath clean hands shall grow stronger and stronger. You know, God's desire for us to grow stronger and stronger. You know what God's desire for your home is? To grow stronger and stronger. You know what his desire for this church is? To grow stronger and stronger. For what reason? So that we could see more people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So others then that are saved could be discipled and grow so they could tell others about Jesus Christ. God desires not that, that each and every human being would spend eternity with Him. That's His heart. That's His goal. That's His desire. And He's left that great commission for us. So every single person could hear there's a God in heaven that loves them. And so therefore, Christian, he that is clean before the Lord shall grow stronger and stronger. Are you growing? Paul said this, you grow so that you're not tossed to and fro. You grow so you're not easily offended. You grow so that you can be rooted and grounded so that God receives glory out of your life. How are you growing? Many Christians, sometimes they judge their, their growth by how they feel. And I want you to know this. Sometimes that's not, that's not always a good way to judge. We say we walk by faith, but the reality is this, as Christians, if, if, if you haven't been down and discouraged, you will. You say, I came to be discouraged, uh, encouraged today. i got to discourage you first. <laughs> to get you encouraged. Knowing this, if, listen, if you're discouraged, if you're down, if you're looking out in this world and say, boy, it seems so hopeless, I want you to know there is a God. That things aren't as bad as they may seem to appear to be. Not to judge your growth based on how you feel today. People read the Word of God and get deep into the Word of God. And and that's what we as Christians ought to do. Ground ourselves in the Word of God. But I want to ask you this. And I want you to look at these thoughts here today. And I hope this will help you. How do you judge your spiritual growth properly? How do I know if I'm growing? How do I know? I want you to look with Colossians. Turn a few pages back with me, if you would. Colossians chapter 2. 
How do I know if I'm growing? I want to grow. How many of you would say, I want to grow? Say amen. amen. I want to grow. How, how do I know if I'm growing? I believe this. You could be growing in grace and not even know it at times. Because if we're not careful, we look at the, the negative, we look at the problem, we look at the discouragement, and we say, I'm, I'm going through this season and I, I don't think I'm growing. I want you to know this, you can even grow through those seasons. Colossians chapter 2, verse number 19 says this, and not holding the head. Now, in your Bible, does that, is that head capitalized? Yes. What does that mean? It's Jesus Christ. It's not just a head, it's not your head, it's the head, Jesus Christ. From which all the body by joints and bands have nourishment ministered. I, I love this verse. By joints and bands having nourishment ministered. And knit together increased with the increase of God. Where do we get our nourishment from? The head, Jesus Christ. We get our nourishment from the head. From which all the body, every joint, all the body by joints and bands having nourishment and knit together increaseth. You see that word increaseth with the increase of God. I know this church believes this and I know you'll amen this. Christ is the head. And therefore because he's the head, Christ supplies nourishment. I'm so glad that I don't have to depend upon nourishment by something I have to do and be. I'm so glad that I don't have to rely upon nourishment based upon the circumstances of the day. I'm so glad that I don't have to supply, uh, rely upon nourishment by my works or anything that I can do. Jesus Christ, His work, His job as the head is to bring nourishment to the body. It doesn't matter, listen to me, it doesn't matter how blue you feel today, there is life flowing in you because that nourishment comes from the head, Jesus Christ. If you are abiding in Christ, you have life flowing in you today. Listen to me, you are picked up out of that kingdom of darkness and you are planted in Christ like a, like a tree that takes roots, uh, that draws water out of that, the, that, 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 that uh, uh, pond or that, that river flowing next to it. That is what we do with Christ when we need nourishment, when we need help, when we need strength. We don't have to manufacture it up. We don't have to go get it from some other place. Jesus Christ is inside of us and He brings that nourishment to us. This past summer in Toledo, I don't know if you had that problem here, but it didn't rain a whole lot. And, and our, our front, did, did it rain a lot? Well, you guys took all of our rain, and I'm upset about that. Because it didn't rain in Toledo, and, and our grass in the front yard, it was just, I mean, it was almost dead. It was getting so bad, and... And they didn't want you watering it because we didn't have enough rain. And, and, um, and so we have a pond in our backyard. And if you pulled up on our front, you would see dead grass. The bushes were starting to get yellow. Everything was just looking dead. But if you went into my backyard and went down by the pond, everything around that pond was green. Everything. It was like two different worlds we were living in. 
The reason why is because the, 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 the grass in the front had no nourishment. And a drought came through, and there was no rain coming through, and it about died. But the trees and the bushes and the grass that was sitting next to that pond, it found nourishment. Now listen to me, a drought came through. But it wasn't dying when the drought came through because there was nourishment and it was rooted and it was drawing its nourishment from another source. And that source was a pond in my backyard. But that for a Christian, that source is Jesus Christ. And at times where we think that we're going through a drought, at a time where we think that we don't know if we can make it another day, at a time where we think, I don't think I can muster up enough strength to get through this trial, I want you to know that there's a life flowing in you in that life life is Jesus Christ and he is your nourishment and when you think that you're in a drought and you can't make it another day there's something inside of you giving you nourishment and giving you hope and that's the head Jesus Christ oh we praise God for that he planted it we're planted in Christ I'm so glad that the day I got saved it wasn't my choice it happened I was planted in Christ like a tree we take roots we draw strength. And some days you have to suck life out of that good soil. And I'm so glad that it never runs out. Praise God for that. Christian, today you've been planted and you've been rooted in Christ. And He is the head. He never runs out. There might have been a drought in the front yard but there was plenty of nourishment planted by that pond in the back. You see, it's impossible. It's impossible to be rooted in Christ without drawing life from Him because He's the one that puts life in us. He infuses you with that power. If you're saved, you've got power. If, you've, if you're saved, when you got saved, God took you and he placed you in Christ. That means this, all the power Christ has is available to you. All the strength that Christ has is available to you. You say, but you don't know me and you don't know my story and you don't know my background. You don't know what I've done. The fact of the matter is this, we don't have to know you. We don't have to know your story and we don't have to know what you've done because the moment you got saved, you were placed in Christ and God doesn't see what you were. He sees who you now are and you are now in Christ. And that's where nourishment flows. He's always giving. He's always giving. <laughs> He's always flowing. He's always giving. He's always flowing. He shall be in you through the Holy Spirit, a river of living water. Have you ever been so thirsty, so thirsty that just a little bit of water was all you desired? I mean, you ever have just a you just parched. And just that water. And that's what, that's what Christ is to us. You, you're not going to live in this world and not get parched. Right now in our church, we have people. Our prayer list seems like it's longer than it's ever been. I told you, Pastor, last night, I said, I, 
I think I'm counseling more next week than, I, than I've ever counseled before. I'm praying through marriages that are just about broken. Last Saturday, I sat at a funeral of a, a mom in our church, a 36-year-old son that committed suicide. A fellow had a heart attack and emergency surgery and had a double bypass uh, uh, surgery done last week and, and then found out seven days later there's two more. they got to go back in and do the same thing. Got a phone call last night. One of our deacons, his mother passed away. I've got a an appointment this week with a 12-year-old boy in our church where his parents have found pornography on his, on his phone and on some of his devices, and he's steeped in this. Tomorrow I'll get a phone call from a family that was in our church, saved in our church, and baptized in our church, and raised their kids in our church, and they're sitting at a divorce Attorney, tomorrow at 3.30. Cancer runs rapid. So how do you get through it? How do you get through those things? You say, I feel parched and I, I don't know how we're going to get it. I, I, I say this, that, that as you're going through those things, there's something inside of you that's always giving, always flowing. Live in a parched world. We go through difficult times, but there's a Christ that lives inside of us, and there's living water in us that's constantly springing up, encouraging our soul, lifting us up, and pointing us toward God. You know what I love about that? The Bible says he's, it's a living water springing up in us. You know what that means? I don't have to pump it up. Because if I had to pump it up, I'd quit. Sometimes it gets too difficult. Sometimes the days get too long. Sometimes the, narc, the nights get too dark. And, and I, I don't have the strength to pump it up anymore. I don't have the strength to keep things going. I don't have the strength to, to be the father of five children. I don't have the strength to be a husband. I don't have the strength to be a pastor. I don't have the strength anymore. I'm so glad in those moments and at those times it's not dependent upon what I can pump up. It's flowing up. It's springing up in me. And I can get through those things because it's not dependent upon me. I can rely upon Him. It comes because you're in Christ. And when you're found in Christ, there's a natural life flow. I preached through in our church, it took me an entire year to preach through the book of Exodus. I got stuck on manna. Really studying through manna. My, my wife, when my wife, makes, when my wife makes mashed potatoes, I tell her, she, she has this Instapot now. Somebody bought her an Instapot. Uh, I love it. I mean, it's, it's just made good food better. And I told her, when you, when you make mashed potatoes, fill that Instapot up. Make extra. I love leftover mashed potatoes. Now, it's not in the same form. 
as what the original was. I mean, she makes pancake mashed potatoes. She, I told her, you need to write a recipe, a hundred ways to make leftover mashed potatoes. Anybody like that? Can I get a witness there? Uh, leftover mashed potatoes. I think about that with manna. You know, there was probably a cookbook that somebody wrote a hundred different ways to prepare manna. The Bible tells us that manna what was, what was all that was needed. You know what that means? Every nutrient to build up the immune system was found in manna. Who made the manna? God did. Every, every, every mineral, every vitamin, everything that was needed for the children of Israel, when God made that manna, he put it in that manna for them. Christ is that manna. Everything we need, every nourishment we need, every nutrient we need, every, every spiritual vitamin we need, you know what we find that? We find that in Christ. Now, I, I take nutrients. I take vitamin B, vitamin D. I mean, I take all these, all these things. If somebody says to me, I'm one of those people, I, when I make a hospital call, I leave and I have your problem. It's just, it's just the way it is. I told my wife the other day, I said, my head hurts. You were at the hospital, weren't you? I, I am. How do you, how do you know? I told my wife, what's really bad is when I visit someone that just had a baby. You know, that's really bad. I, I start getting these stomach pains. And, and uh, I take these, these nutrients and somebody will say, you need this. And I take it. And, 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 and you know what? When I take these vitamins, I don't see it working in me. And sometimes that's how it is with Christ. Sometimes we don't see it. We don't feel it. It's happening, though. I take those, even though I don't see it now. That's why I look the way I look, because I take so many vitamins. Now, some of you are going to go, you're going to go and take vitamins, saying, I want to look like him. Some of you are going to say, I'm going to stop taking vitamins, because that's what I'm going to look like if I keep taking them. Listen, when you're planted in Christ, God is building up your immune system against sin. He's building you up spiritually. He's encouraging you and encouragement needs to happen. You're growing because God is working in you through Christ. He's a constant flow. There's something fresh and something new every day because it's not from us, it's from Christ. Now hear me this morning, the devil's going to taunt you. He's going to taunt you if you're spiritual. If you're growing, then why aren't you retaining? Why don't you feel like it? Why, why aren't those things happening? He's going to taunt you and he's going to say all the things that you may, if you're not careful, believe. Because he knows the truth. You see, I don't understand. Sometimes I read the Bible and I don't retain everything. Sometimes I come to church and, and I leave and I don't remember everything the preacher said. I, I just feel like sometimes I, I forget more than, than, I, than, I, than I learn. I, I want to remind you, you, know, you didn't retain everything you learned in school either. You're not going to retain everything either. Just because you don't retain it doesn't mean that there's something wrong. Just because you don't retain it, everything doesn't mean that that, that, that that life flow isn't in you. Just because you're going through a dry season, just because there might be a drought, it doesn't mean that Christ has left you. It, it, Christ still says, His Word still says, that He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Even when it's difficult, even though the, the road seems hard, even though you're in a drought, I want you to know that Jesus Christ is still there. He's still a spring of water. 
water. He's still flowing up in you. You're still growing even when you don't feel like it. You can make it. I talked to a fellow, he said, I just don't feel like I'm growing as a Christian. And I know his sinful past. It says, so you went back to that? He says, oh no, I'm not going back to that. I said, does sin still repulse you? He said, oh, it still does. I said, you know why it does? Because you're growing, you just don't realize it. You know, stars in the sky, I love to look out in the stars. If you look up in the sky, you know what you see every night? You see stars. Do you realize those stars are racing thousands of miles an hour? You don't realize it. You don't realize they're moving. When you look up and you see them, they look like they're standing still. And so it is with those that are planted in Jesus Christ. You might not feel like it. You might not realize it, but you're moving. You're growing. Because you're planted in Christ If it was dependent upon yourself, you're hopeless. But because we're planted in Christ, we're constantly growing. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. And that's a promise. That's a promise from the Lord. When you are in Christ, He has made you a promise that you will bloom. Listen, I speak to so many Christians. They just can't get over something that happened in their past, something that's happened, some situation, some circumstance, somebody that hurt them, something they've done. And Satan just keeps taunting them. Don't ever forget, Christian, you're rooted. There's a life flowing in you. You are changing. You are becoming more like Christ. You will flourish in the house of the Lord. You will have light bursting out. You will have it when you need it most because it comes from one that will never leave you. It comes from the head, Jesus Christ. My wife wasn't feeling well. Struggling with some things. You know, when that happens, sometimes you're a little bit worried. You're a little concerned. She wasn't feeling well in a few nights, a few weeks back. and She wasn't feeling very spiritual. So how do you know? Well, the way she was talking to me, I could tell. <laughs> And she told me. But our kids came in that night and she prayed with our children like she does every night. I saw her. She took her Bible like she did every night before we go to bed and she took out that Bible and she read that Bible. She reads from a devotional every night as well and she took that and she read Before she shut her light out, she closed her eyes and I knew she wasn't sleeping. She did what she does every night. She bowed her head and she talked to her Heavenly Father. 
See, I know she wasn't feeling well that day, but you know what I knew? She was still growing. Because she was going to the source. She was going to Jesus Christ.